The Golden Knights dropped the opening game of the five-game road swing to the Washington Capitals. They're shut out three to nothing. We recap last night's loss coming up next right here on Locked On Golden Knights. Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi again, everyone. Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick from Las Vegas. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Find us wherever you get your podcast and subscribe to the YouTube channel Locked on Golden Knights. Post game, post game last night, Chris. Bruce Cassidy, a little throwback there. Snake bitten. He threw the word snake bitten out. I knew there. it was coming. I knew it was coming. That was for I had you. A feeling. That was especially for you. Uh, So VGK ran into a very hot goalie last night in D.C. And Charlie Lindgren, he stopped all 35 shots on net, including four VGK breakaways en route to the win. And we told you on yesterday's show about the surging Caps team. Uh, Now 7-1-1 out of their last uh, nine games, I should say. Dylan Strom with the first goal. Uh, first for the Caps, then two goals in the final minute. Actually, two goals over the course of 16 seconds. Connor McMichael, Connor McMichael, and Beck Malenstein, and that was it. Those two scored late. The four breakaways, two by Carlson, one by Barbashev, one by Jack Eichel. Uh, they were stopped head on. Did you notice after the game? If you stuck with the uh, the broadcast there, if it wasn't buffering a million times, did you notice the frustration on the face of Mark Stone? He just stayed on the ice. Everyone had left the bench. And the look on his face was, I think it was disgust. I thought he was really upset, obviously upset, had seven shots on goal uh, in that game last night. And in between, at the first intermission, um, in between periods, first and second, he kind of pointed towards, I think the rest of the team did, it, as did Cassidy, a missed assignment by Ben Hutton because he pinched too deep into the zone. And then they had the odd man rush. And then we saw uh, that goal there by Dylan Strom. Um, yeah, the Golden Knights, again, it was deep in the offensive zone and it might have cost VGK on the strong goal, but I thought that everyone alluded to that one play, which cost them early. Was this a case of hot goaltending or miss opportunities by the Vegas Golden Knights? A lot thrown at you there, Mr. Snakebitten. No, let's go. Um, It's everything. I think you have to start by uh, crediting Lindgren for a uh, masterclass goaltending performance. Um, Dude came to play. Golden Knights threw about everything at him. I won't say they threw everything they had because there were some failed moments of execution, but from a general perspective, yeah, the Golden Knights gave Lindgren everything they had. They emptied the clip, whatever terminology you want to use, and Lindgren stood tall. So give him all the credit in the world. Uh, ben Hutton, he pinched. He made a mistake. It happens. I mean, so be it. Hutton is a very serviceable defenseman on this team. And uh, credits whoever finished, whoever scored that first goal, oh, Strom. Strom. Credit yeah. Strom for absolutely sniping 
uh, Logan Thompson, great goal, great play, opportunistic goal, whatever terminology you want to use. And, you know, that really was the difference in the game. Cassidy said in the post game, it's a one nothing game. And he's right. Um, not concerned with the efforts, not concerned with the shots. I mean, 35 shots on goal, four breakaways, power play. I'm sure we'll talk a little more about that in the segment, but you'd like to see a little better puck movement on the power play, more opportunities. I mean, again, breakaways on shorthanded uh, when they're short and stuff. Carlson, Mr. Breakaway, Tony, I'll say it for you, you know, because I know you were dying. To say now, that. was that a dynamic and dynamite save or did he just miss the net? He it was a good poke net. check is what it was, honestly. Carlson yeah. waited a little too long to shoot. But that's oh, yeah, that's that's part of the From game. Behind, right? You know, guy, guy, it's, it's that he hit his stick. He stopped his stick right there and it went wide. And yeah, it was a great play. play. It was a listen, play. credit the caps. Um, in my pregame on Vegas hockey now, basically, I said, if this is a low-scoring game, it's going to benefit the Caps. That's how they've been winning their games. They're a two-to-one, two to three-to-two team right now. They're not scoring, but they're playing defense. With the players on that team, they'll figure out how to score. And if Max Pacioretty has 50% of his scoring touch, once he comes back, the team's going to benefit greatly. And who knows? They could be trouble come playoffs if they keep getting that goaltending. Um, if the Golden Knights could have turned this game into a track meet, they win this game easily 5-1, to one, right? You know, so... Lindgren didn't allow that, and it's one of those spots where these games happen. And uh, you know, on uh, on the Thursday against Montreal, I thought the Caps were just a little bit better than we expected them to be. Too, I did. Uh, just I thought the defense looked pretty good. Uh, they couldn't finish plays. Yes, we'll talk about the power play. I think we'll talk about that in the next segment when we recap uh, stuff there on our list. Will Cotter be suspended? Okay, yeah, that's how we do our show. It'll, here. It'll, it'll, yeah, it fits right in with that. Okay, it's right in um, <laughs> uh, finishing. I'm going to jump in with Mike Amadio finishing. right now. Um, Michael Amadio, he's snake bitten. He's, he's snake bitten. Sure, whatever you want to say. But what Amadio is doing well, he's getting opportunities. He's been getting behind the defense for the last week and a half now mm-hmm. in Chandler Stevenson's place. But at some point, he's got to finish one of these. And, you know, I, I think for a while, it's hey, he's doing a good job. He's filling a new role. He's, you know. Good job in helping out the team and stuff like that. But Amadio had seven shots on goal last night. Huge positive. Great. I don't know if he's ever had that many shots in his career as a Golden Knight. So good. Or is it seven or five for Amadio? It was seven for Stone. I think it might have been five. It was five for Amadio. Pardon me. Five for Amadio, which is still a lot of shots. Of those five, I feel like three of them were high danger chances, Mm -hmm. whether it was from the slot when he buried it right into the goalie's crest, got alone with the goalie a couple of times. So Amadio... Yes, he's giving the Golden Knights more, but he's got to find a way to start finishing. Can we talk about the fight that really wasn't a fight? It was lopsided. Colson uh, got, got a jab. He got a jab, but that was it. The he jab. Got, he, he got a yeah. lefty. He got a left in there, and then he got, yeah. he yeah. So Dylan <laughs> game over. McElrath, first, what a hit on Jonas Ronbjörg. Is Ron Bjorg okay? Did he come back? I didn't see much of him after that. Did you? Uh, Ron Bjorg, well, he was killing penalties and stuff. He finished with 838 of ice time, which is about okay. normal for him. Okay. So uh, Kolasar comes to Ron Bjorg's defense. Good hit. Great. Good, not, clean hit. Good oh, clean my hit. goodness. Was that a there. good hit? Uh, bad keep idea. Your head up. Keep your head up, kids. Keep your head up. This McElrath is an absolute beast. So he was just, you could tell that he was overpowering him. He hit him with that one shot on top of his helmet, and I thought they were going to have to send Kolasar to the tent. Uh, for concussion protocol. And then he crumbled. Uh, and you could just see the shot to 
Two great rights. Oh my goodness, those were powerful. Talk about let's talk about the penalty box and them just talking and the respect between these two guys. First of all, you could read uh, Colasar's lips, and that he said, "Wow, he's strong." (laughs) Yeah, that's the first thing. And then they were exchanging pleasantries, I guess, and maybe Colasar was concussed because I wouldn't be going, "Hey, great job, thanks for." beating the snot out of me today you got some you got some rocky three happening there right you know in rocky one and two apollo creed and rocky you know kick the crap out of each other and then now in, in rocky three here i think um uh, mclareth is going to be a uh, colasar's trainer maybe for for his big matchup against ivan ivan drago and rocky four or something like that but you do enjoy the respect and when when the players are talking and stuff like that i mean it's a fight that did it need to happen? I don't think it needed to happen. Is it a fight that you like to see? Of course. I mean, that's the NHL. You stand up for your teammates. You stand up for your brothers out there. And that's exactly what Colasar did. He thought nothing, didn't think twice. Um, you might think twice the next time he sees McElrath. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, Colasar, this is what he does for the team. And this is why he is one of the most respected members of that locker room right there. I mean, how many punches has he taken for this team? And you know, not to not to dog on Colasar, but he's been on the on the on the wrong end of a few fights in his career, and he's taken some bumps and bruises, and he keeps on coming back. He's also won his share his fair share of fights too. How does he um, win uppercuts? No uppercuts, uppercuts and body blows. Mind. Uppercuts and yeah. body blows. He goes to the body where there's all that padding, which makes no sense. And it depends. If you get him like like where the belly button is, that's usually a, a good spot, but. The shoulder pads for a lot of these guys now, they're going a lot lower than they used to in the 80s and stuff. Okay. And uh, McElrath, uh, as we know, was the enforcer for the Hershey Bears last year. He's been in three big fights this year. That was his third fight, I think, already. And VGK already, I think, has surpassed year-to-date from a season ago the amount of fights. And this was the first game for me where I sort of saw teams – Going after VGK, like in a sense, where they're playing East versus West, and you could see, it was noticeable to me, VGK now will have a target on their back here. I think there might be, I think there's going to be some good action the rest of this trip as they go up and down the East Coast, where now finally you have teams that are going to play with a different intent. I don't know, like the Pacific Division games weren't, weren't like this to me, just in my estimation. I get what you're saying. Um, East Coast hockey is a lot different than West Coast hockey. It's it's heavier, it's bigger, it's slower in the neutral zone, and that's just kind of how it's been for the last I don't know twenty years, twenty five years, whatever you want to say. Maybe take the under, maybe longer. Bet the under. Take the under. There you go. I mean, we listen. We all nailed that it was going to be a low scoring game. All four of us on the panel yesterday. <laughs> uh, we all half of the panel had a uh, had the goals right and stuff, and you know, and then we, I've won four straight. Come on. I got yeah. I got to update the standings. I got to update the standings right now. <laughs> so if you want four I'm straight, that means you took a. That means you're taking the opposition a lot more right now, which is uh, three, which is also fair. Right three out of four. Um, um, but really fast. I mean, I think uh-huh. a little more credit needs to be given to VGK, and we'll talk a little more about this in the third segment. But in short, yes or no, and I'll ask you, and I, and my answer is yes. Did the Golden Knights have a winning effort? And then sub-question, did they at least have an effort worthy of getting the overtime last night? Yes or no, Tony? Uh, I think that they were snake-bitten in the game. 
So the answer is yes. If they're snakemen, they're getting their chances. So I yes, know if they, it was as much easy. good goaltending as a lack of finishing for the VGK. Say what you want. Oh, you, you, can, you can chop up a little bit of both on that, definitely. No doubt. You can chop that on both sides. Coming up next, Paul Cotter waits for his hearing with the NHL Safety Committee and subsequent, uh, subsequent suspension coming up on that match penalty in the second period of last night's game. We'll talk about this more. We return right here. Gosh, I'm talking so fast. Right here on Lockdown Golden Knights. I still say Jack Eichel will be scoring 50 goals this season. And if he does so, VGK will repeat as Stanley Cup champions and go back to the White House. A hat trick, right, for Alec Martinez. Third visit there to the yeah. Rose Garden. Hat trick. Yeah. Where's Jonathan Quick? Anyway, <laughs> you could win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the National Hockey of the NHL Network, I should say. My goodness. Uh, Sleeper, our number one chance for Daily Fantasy Sports and especially Daily Fantasy Hockey. And you could do this with Sleeper because you could win 100 times of your cash uh, that you'd wager in Daily Fantasy Hockey contest. Uh, fans that play uh, daily fantasy uh, hockey can also play NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and college football as well. And all you have to do is uh, pick on whether studs like David Pasternak, who is now pretty – pasta's getting pretty hot. He's heating up. Leas uh, pa uh, Pedersen, uh, Artemi Panarin, players like that. Of course, I threw the Ranger in there. Uh, you all have to do is see – whether or not these studs will record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in a given game. To win 100 times your bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard us, VGK fans, you can win 100 times your money by playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper. So start paying attention now and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use the promo code. Locked on NHL. That's locked on NHL. It'll get up to a hundred dollars match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. Once again, the code locked on NHL. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick from Las Vegas. We appreciate you making us your first listen every day. Make sure that you subscribe to the YouTube channel, Locked On Golden Knights. We now have not one but two features. Each week on Fridays, it's WTF1. It's what the Friday, and we'll do the WTF1 because the client dropped me two tickets for tonight's opening ceremony. I'm not going to go anywhere, so I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to scout it out. Clients come in tomorrow. I'll tell them where they need to be, how they need to go there, what they need to do. So that's what I'm doing tonight. And tomorrow we will have perhaps the entire show dedicated to WTF1. On Saturdays, the YouTube exclusive, and that is Chris times Chris, the Golic family. So don't make sure that you don't miss that. All right, so uh, Paul Cotter today expected to have that hearing with player safety uh, facing a suspension for a hit to the head of Evgeny Kuznetsov. That was at the 518 mark, jotted down of period number two. It was a shoulder to the head of Kuznetsov. No fancy. Kuznetsov did not take a dive. He got walloped in the head. 
and it doesn't it doesn't matter if it's intentional or not. Um, I thought that Cotter myself personally went under with his shoulder, and then he lifted it up, and I thought that it was a real dangerous play. So let's get your reacts if we can, Mr. Golick. So. Did Cotter mean to clip the guy in the head and potentially hurt him? Of course not. Does Cotter play on that line? Does he play a very physical and aggressive game and right around the league leaders and hits? Absolutely. So that's going to result in sometimes something like this happening. Cotter got him right in the head. So I think one thing needs to be clarified right now. The only way to initiate a video review for a major penalty is if a major penalty is called on the ice. There was some concern last night. I saw it up and down Twitter and even on the broadcast that they felt there was never a call on the ice. So how did they review this? Hmm. I didn't see either ref's hand go up. So we'll start right there. But Good point. Good point. But we're not done. Okay. The referees can talk to the linesman and say, hey, what do you got? Did you see something? And the linesman can say, Absolutely, yeah. Cotter hit him with a with a shoulder right to the head. It's a it's a it's a five minute major. So that's why there are four officials on the ice. Yes, linesmen cannot directly call any penalties outside of, I believe, a delay a game is the only penalty a linesman can call. Every other penalty call has to go through the referee. But the linesman can approach the ref, or the ref can approach the linesman and say, "Hey, why is that guy laying on the ground right there? What happened?" And then they have that conversation. I saw this in person last year, actually, um, at the AHL, uh, Silver Knights. King Korzak kicked somebody on the ground. He kicked mm-hmm. them. The refs didn't see it. It happened right in front of the visiting bench. And the linesman right away, I got it, I got it, was yelling to the bench because the bench was chirping like, hey, how did no one see this? The next whistle play stops. Line, the line he skates right up to the ref and says, hey, here's what happened. Korzak is ejected for kicking. I don't know if that carried a suspension or not, but... Korzak was um, disqualified from the game. We're going to talk in NFL terms for a second. So that's probably how the first part of this came together. Now, what did I see? Saw an illegal check to the head, plain and simple. Uh, Kuznetsov is turning. Cotter caught him. Cotter made an irresponsible hit. Is there intent involved to get him in the head? No. Is it irresponsible to make that type of hit? In the other team, in your offensive zone, yes, it's very irresponsible. So now this is where, take a second, folks, go on the on Twitter, go on the NHL player safety handle. They usually they wake show, up around noon to 1 o'clock. I'll Eastern say by time. 9 a.m. there's going to be a tweet talking about this, but whatever you say, Tony. Oh, I'm going to take um, the, only in the take playoffs. The in the take playoffs, the they wake they sleep in, in the playoffs. They're on, they're on revised hours in the playoffs, but the regular season, they're up early. I think so scroll up and down guys and you will see all the suspensions they show the video and they talk about what they saw and what the penalty or suspension was and or will be so going up and down really quickly here as far as the suspensions this year um player gets gets a suspension for a cross check okay fine whatever whatever that one um McAvoy got four games for an illegal check to the head to Ekman Larson I don't think this is of the four-game variety. Uh, Connor Clifton gets two games for an illegal check to the head. Um, That's charging. We're not going to worry about that one. And then we scroll back to October 11th. Brett Howden suspended for two games for an illegal check to the head of Brandon Tenev. 
was this as bad as that, like the blind side type of variety? I don't think it was as bad as Howden's hits. But I think the precedence that the NHL has set, if you go up and down the player safety site, don't go, don't look at the playoffs. The playoffs are a little different. Um, they they usually do less in the playoffs because of the how important the games are. Um, but most of the illegal checks to the head, unless it's an, a crazy thing, like what McAvoy did, carry a two-game suspension. Could it maybe be one game because it happened earlier in the second and they do like a time serve type of thing? Maybe. But I'll set the line that even money, he gets two games. Well, Spencer Carberry, if you noticed, did this. Whoops. Five. Of course five. he did. Of course he did. And that might have prompted the uh, officials to take a look at it. I didn't see a, a call on the ice either myself. No, there, there, neither officials had or had neither officials hand that I saw on the replays went up. I could be wrong, but definitely the low, the low officials head didn't go up or hand didn't go up. But the low official also has to look through the goaltender and the net because it happened right next to the net, right, right next to the goal. So the low official, no way he's going to see it. So the high official is the only one who's going to make that call. And the mm-hmm. high official, so the high official's job is actually not to watch the puck. It's to watch the front of the nets. So I could see a path where no referee, neither referee even saw the play happen. The only issue I have with this play, they immediately on state-run television went to no intent here. When, clearly, you break that play down, and Cotter clearly went underneath and pushed up with the shoulder. He went underneath and pushed up. If he just goes straight through because net's off, then I don't think it's a big deal. The fact at the end of the play, there was some intent there, in my estimation, in the way that he came up and under with the shoulder. And that's that's just my opinion. I hear what you're saying. I get that. Um, as far as what the announce, what the Golden Knights announcers are saying, picture if the NHL Department of Player Safety, I don't know what the review process is, if they watch this with, uh, with uh, audio on or not, but uh, you're not going to get the Golden Knights announcer saying, oh, that was irresponsible. Cotter gets the suspension. I mean, there, there's got to be some gamesmanship in there, and I understand that. Um, what was kind of funny is it was in the first or the second intermission. They said it looks like he didn't get him that hard. He wasn't going that fast, and they showed the replay in slow motion. So Darren Elliott's like, "Well, of course they're, so, they're showing it in slow motion. Of course, like he right away said that." So I, that that gave uh, Darren Elliott some points in my book. I thought that was pretty cool. That he, <laughs> That's actually I mean, he was like, "Guys, funny. let's let's give this give it a fair shake here." I think is what he was trying to say. Absolutely. Who takes the place of Cotter in the lineup now? And he'll probably be gone for a couple a couple of games at the very least. So let me I can't remember who well it looks like possibly Stevenson and Wa are both gonna be back, number one. Um one of them practiced in a regular sweater, and one of them was still in the non-contact and trying to find out. I think Stevenson I know, would probably come back sooner. Just well, to I guess. Know, I know Ben was at the game yesterday, so he was at practice and trying to see what Ben Gotts had to say. But um, okay. da, 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 da. let's see here, I'll find it. And okay, while you're doing that, you do that. Yeah, keep going. Okay, that resulted in a five-minute power play. You could put the caps on the power play for a full sixty minutes, and they still wouldn't score. They're now at seven percent on the power play, three for forty-one. Currently, zero for twenty. Right. That might be the worst looking power play that I've seen in a long time. Absolutely. Talking about no the caps. Problem. Yeah. When you got 
when you got Ovi out there, if you can't find a way to funnel that puck to him for that one timer. And what was interesting is there was um he, Ovi did get one chance on the power play to rip that one timer and Logan just sold out. Like if if Ovi makes a pass there, it's a tap in for any of the other three caps on the other side of the ice, but that's not how they go. So according to uh, Ben Gotts or Ben Goats yesterday, uh Nick Wah, regular jerseys, he'll be back on Thursday. Stevenson mm-hmm. and Hague are on the trip. They're both still in red. So n- definitely, I won't say definitely, but most likely Nick Wah is back on Thursday. I would say Stevenson is still a possibility. If they both come back, then it's not this is it's not gonna be a big deal for one game. If Nick Wah only comes back, Nick Wah probably centers the fourth line. Uh, you move Howden up to uh, Cotter's spot, and that's how they'll work that out for the one game. If Stevenson and, and um, Wah are both back, then obviously it's probably the same thing happens either way. Ron Beard just becomes a scratch at that point then. Coming up next, should VGK be concerned after losing three of their last four? We get to that when we return right the here. falling. The sky is falling. On Locked On Golden Knights. You could score right now this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get a $150 bonus in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get into the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options including point spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off this NFL season the right way. FanDuel, official partner of the National Football League. We are back on this edition, the Wednesday edition of Lockdown Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick from Las Vegas. Appreciate you making us your first listen every day. And please subscribe to that YouTube channel. We need to do a pledge drive, if you will, to get those numbers up. Pledge drive, like they do like on PBS, Channel 10 here locally. Pledge drive. We're, we're not raising money. Your microphone is muted, bro. So People are going uh, to send us money? No. I'm saying subscribe. Send us money. Free. No, no, send us money. That's fine. I, I like this, Tony. I like where you're going with this. Send us money. VGK. Should this team be concerned now after dropping three of four? And a question that I wanted to pose yesterday, you and I both took the under. We had five and a hook on total points on this trip. We should have had another line, whether or not Vancouver passes VGK while they're on this roadie. That's interesting. Is it that close? Two points away, and I think oh, wow. perhaps a game in hand. It could be tied here very shortly. Yeah, uh, no, they're closing ground and and Ooh. quick. Hey, credit Vancouver playing great. Like I've I've been down on that team, not down necessarily, but just I've always felt they've been stuck in between, like taking that next step to rebuilding and kind of in that weird murky lake in the middle of between those two areas. So hey, it's good to see. Good for Vancouver. Should VGK be concerned at this juncture? So they lost three or four games. Fine, whatever. But what matters, I think, to the players, right? So when when the Golden Knights were doing extremely well early on, the locker room was, I won't say like a funeral, but they were pointing out more negatives in their game. We're finding ways to win. It's just 
Mark Stone. We're just a little off, right? That's a quote from Mark Stone. Um, execution, not where it needs to be, just little things. But they're still finding ways to win. So I started to talk about this, and I think the top segments are the Golden Knights still giving efforts that could at least get a point and possibly win a game? And the answer is yes, right? I mean, last night, Lindgren stands on his head. Golden Knights could have finished a little better and cleaned up some things. Cassidy talked about the the stick infractions and stuff happening in the offensive zone. Stuff like that shouldn't be happening, but it's going to. It's part of the game. But could the Golden Knights have at least walked away with a point last night? Easy, 100% yes. They crushed the Sharks, doesn't count, whatever. Uh, The Kings game last Wednesday, that was a losing effort. Um, Credit the Kings for coming in and – you know, they just they they were the better team that night. Give the Kings all the credit in the world. Golden Knights didn't have a response. Good game, Kings. Uh, going back farther, that Anaheim Ducks game, right? Golden Knights have a two-goal lead going to the third period. Anaheim gets three chances. All three chances wind up in the back of the nets. Oh, if the puck had eyes that night. The puck, the puck had, had eyes. eyes that night. But if you want to discredit the Golden Knights for not being able to finish on the opposite side and clean things up, fine, whatever. The Golden Knights can take that shot, but... Point being is that still was a winning effort when you look at the analytics side, which is what Bruce, what Bruce Cassidy looks at. They crushed the avalanche. Okay, fine, whatever. Uh, the Jets game, I believe, on the second, going back a little farther, was also just a really good winning effort. So if there's concerns when the team is winning because they're not giving good enough efforts, then when the team is giving winning efforts and losing, it's not worth having it's not worth making a big deal about it's it's really not they're going to lose games this is a the nhl this is the best hockey league on the planet in the universe and even the 30th ranked team the blackhawks can come in and beat the golden knights on any given night the canadians who's been up and down can beat the golden knights any night the caps who started the season very weak for lack of better term can beat the golden knights on any night and the caps are hot right now the golden knights have been a little cool so it was a perfect storm you know, we called this on the podcast yesterday. We didn't we didn't have three two, but we felt the Golden Knights were gonna be a little behind the eight ball in this game, but really they weren't. I think I think the Golden Knights, Tony, maybe we can agree on this. I think the Golden Knights had a better effort than I expected given the first game of the road trip, three time zones, the White House, I, I say distraction, wait, 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 wait. you know. Drinking jungle juice out of the cup with Gary Bettman at the White House. Hey, whatever. I mean, Evan was fun. there. Did you see? He was there. He was there. He was, he was there. hiding I... in the woods. I don't know that every commissioner goes to the White House with a winning team, with the championship team. I, I bet Batman does. I think that's just a formality, but I have no, no. I saw him, Carlson, and Stone. Do, they were hugging it out. I saw it. The point Stone was really is... pissed after that came last night. You he watch should. his demeanor, and I bet you. Listen, Stone wears it on his chin. I'll guarantee you he ripped Hutton. I don't know. No way. No way. No way. 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely. He, he thought that it was too sloppy. It cost the team the doesn't need to rip each other in the locker room. That's the beauty well, the of, captain, of the this. captain's going to take him to task. Okay. Does the will might Mark Stone say something to him? Sure. Is mm-hmm. he going to stand? Is he going to stand up when the team is, you know, after they finish their interviews and, you know, whatever private setting, is he going to stand up and start yelling? No, God, no, that this is not that team. This is not that team. The locker, the Golden Knights locker room is very positive. Listen, if they drop two or three more games like this and Hutton does this two or three more times, 
then yeah, you're going to see a different conversation. But Hutton pinched. He was wrong. He made a mistake. It's part of life. It happens. Um, I think it's important how that shows how small the margin is between winning and losing a game right now, right? I mean, one play is what ultimately cost the team that night, and obviously a hot goaltender too. But no one's yeah. ripping Ben Hutton. No one. Well, I definitely saw the locker room for the Capitals and the videos that they put out there. That was I mean, good. Carberry yeah, jumping was up good. and down, jubilation. They were real happy, what have you. This is what we're going to see more of now. Like we talked about at the start of the season, the target on the back, and mm -hmm. now more teams are going to be up for the VGK, and we'll see on this road trip how that takes uh, shape, if it takes effect. And I think right now um, we're going to see carryover in every city. We'll see it next in Montreal. Good. We'll see that. They'll Good. be pumped up to play the VGK. Just wait until the playoffs then. The Golden Knights are going to have to equal that intensity. That's what we're saying. No, no nights off. We agree. No nights off for the Golden Knights. Okay. Don't forget tomorrow we will preview the game against Le Habs. Are we going to have another Le Gaff like we had in that first meeting? Noodle another stick. One? Noodle stick. <laughs> Noodle stick. We appreciate you all tuning in. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, please. It's the right it's gift giving time. We're almost at fourteen hundred right now. Okay, but it's gift giving time, so. Give the gift that just keeps on giving back, and, and that is a free YouTube subscription. Of course, get some burners and do like, do like all your burners too, guys. All your burner accounts, get them updated. For my man Chris Golick, I'm thirteen ninety five. Thirteen ninety five. There we go. Good number. Good. We number. will see you all tomorrow. It's to come a long way from zero. Uh, started on the bottom. Now we're right here. For Chris Golick, Tony Cardasco from Las Vegas. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Lockdown Golden Knights. Ah, oh, there it is. Okay.